0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Tuesday, June 29th, 2021. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Kotaku's new EIC, Patricia Hernandez. Hello, Patricia.
1: Hey, how's it going?
0: It's good. How are you? This is a huge day for you. Of course, you've already been EIC for a little bit now, a couple of weeks, but today's the day you put up your article. Hello, Kotaku. It's me, your new EIC, and laid out a bunch of changes for the site. How are you?
1: Uh, slightly sleep sleep deprived because I was like up very late writing writing that and just kind of being scared. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's like it's like a whole weird thing, right? Because like I came on and then I was like, we gotta cover you three. We gotta make plans for you three. We have no plans. We have to like kind of figure out how we're gonna cover this. Uh, so I just jumped in and it was funny be- readers kind of being like, wait a minute, you work here now, like what's going on <laughs> and like, Not really, uh, responding to it. So I figured it might make sense to just actually formally announce it, even though now it's like a month later at this point.
0: So Patricia, here's what I want you to do. give everybody the nutshell. If they're not watching video games, journalism, they might not know you. And then now, now you're editor in chief of Kotaku, but what's your story?
1: Uh, what is my story? Big question. I don't know. I like. I it's it's weird to think about now because at this point I have I'm old guard, which is weird because I still very distinctly remember when I came in sure. and kind of what the gaming landscape looked like then. And you know the you look at um, the games press now, and it's it's really diverse, and there's never been like a wider swath of coverage in terms of topics and interests and all this other stuff, uh, but when I was starting, I feel like, uh, I don't know, the coverage wasn't really based on humans, I think, or the things that made games interesting, so, you know, when I was literally 21 and didn't know any better, uh, I kind of came to Kotaku very, like, optimistic and like kind of wanting to see what other types of coverage we could do. Um, And that's kind of been my thing since uh, starting then. And now I feel like, you know, I've again been in it for like almost like a decade. And and to some degree, uh, I didn't quite think that this was ever going to happen. And frankly, uh, I'm not even entirely sure that it would have happened unless the company was in is in the state that it is now, right? Yeah. Like, I don't think it's a secret to anyone that uh, Kotaku and also Geo Media have encountered all sorts of different problems that would take hours to untangle <laughs>
0: To unpack um, all of them. <laughs>
1: yeah, and uh, when I was at Kotaku, because I, you know, I grew up on Kotaku, that was my first job out of college, uh, and then I left for Polygon for a little while, um, but now that I'm back, like, or wait, no, what I mean is... Uh, I was I was deputy editor when in my first stint, which you know is second in command. So like, sure. you could argue that maybe that this move, having this position, would be the next logical step. But at the same time, at the time, I just could not see a reality in which Steven Totillo would leave, uh, sure. especially because you know Kotaku was doing so well back in the day. Uh, so in some senses, while I think the circumstances leading to my taking this position and the state of the site itself are you know, kind of shaky, sure. uh, I'm grateful that it means that I get to have a chance to see what I can do.
0: Yeah, and I think that's what's so exciting about today, right? Like I said, uh, usually we save required reading for the end of the show. I'm telling you the top right now to go to, to go to Kotaku and read the article, Hello Kotaku, It's Me, Your New EIC, where you walk through your plans and talk about all this stuff, right? Where you're jumping off. As you said, you're sleep deprived because you're staying up <laughs> writing it last night. And that's, that's the sign of a true writer, the procrastination of you're going to write to the last second you have. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It- and honestly, it was that I keep wanting to write other things, and I was like, I can't keep doing this. The the readers are just like confused and like don't know what's going on. So I need to just get this out there, even though it's kind of scary and like uh, I don't. It's like what's well, like incredible. your jerry
0: Maguire memo right it's like your it's like your manifesto of like this is exact you've taken this huge leadership role you're at the you know the forefront of kataku uh, one of the big names in video game uh, writing right and here you are charting a new path that's exciting
1: well hopefully i can chart a new path we will see you know it's it's weird to lay out this whole like ambitious plan and then like uh in the background the thing that i'm potentially writing next uh, is completely silly. And I think that's always been kind of the the whole thing with Kotaku, right? Like,
0: yeah.
1: it does break stories, but also uh, sometimes the investigation is, uh, let's try and figure out how big Luigi's dick is. So it's like <laughs> this whole, it's, it's, it's very hard to kind of pin down what Kotaku actually is, and yeah. I think one of the, Biggest problems that the site faces, uh, at least on social media, is that people often only want one of those things, or they're so mm. invested mm-hmm. in kind of us being like a good ambassador for video games. So, like, why are we embarrassing ourselves by publishing whatever the hell, you know?
0: Totally. Well, I think that's why the letter is so important. And I think you wrestle with all that. I wanted to read three graphs from, it, if you don't mind, uh, and I'll, I'll do it since I know you're sleeper <laughs> uh, I Because I thought these were the pow- very, very powerful. I want Kotaku to reflect things that are real. I want to print stories that you'd be able to tell a friend about at a bar, even if they don't play games. The way that we talk about games on the site should be the same way uh, we, talk about, we talk about them in an actual conversation. I do not care if the language or attitude at Kotaku appears proper and respectable. Fuck that. Games are human and so are we. Anytime there is a discrepancy between what we actually think and what lives on the page is when we betray not only our readers but ourselves. I want to move away from treating games like a product or an industry. Instead, examining them more as microcosms for the human condition games are worlds unto their own often developing not only customs, traditions and dedicated languages but also their own vectors or of power influences or influence jumping a bit ahead if games are in, if games are indeed as important as we say they are then we should feel comfortable enough to hold them to a high stand, higher standard if we truly respect this space we should be able to challenge the video game industry its products and the community surrounding it if we want the world to stop treating games like mere toys, we also have to stop treating, treating video games like a wilting flower that must be protected at all costs. Loved the entire letter. Loved those three sections in particular, Patricia. Very excited to see what that means for Kotaku.
1: Yeah, we'll, we will see. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's hard. Like In some senses, I'm honestly like slightly embarrassed because it's like, it's just video games, Kotaku, like it's not like I'm coming aboard to be in charge of the New York Times, but
0: <laughs> I also
1: recognize that like Kotaku is, is a platform, and yeah. even though there I think there are a wide array of opinions on the site and what it does, it is also very clear to me that like everyone kind of cares what Kotaku says. Even if they hate it, and I think especially if they if they uh, express that they hate it, like Kotaku is a thing that you just cannot ignore, and I think uh, we kind of have to grapple with that because um, and and balance that with with the fact that we want to have fun on the page, and but also like it is a platform, it does have consequences. Like what we write does matter. So it's a whole it's a whole thing.
0: Was awesome. I can't wait to see it. I, I'm very excited to see uh, this change, and I like everything you wrote here. So, everybody, go check it out. Uh, Kotaku.com, of course. But hello, Kotaku, it's me, your new EIC for now. Patricia, let's talk about PlayStation. Buying Housemark and maybe Bluepoint. Are we getting a Ghost of Tsushima director's cut and the fact that xCloud is everywhere with Xbox Series X power? We're going to talk about all this and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games. Over on Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny Games, you can write in with your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the Daily Video game Sun. And of course, you can get the show ad-free you can get it with the exclusive post show we do each and every weekday. However, if you have no bucks to toss our way on patreon.com slash kind games, no big deal. You can be watching live on twitch.tv slash kind games as we record it. Just like Lexi Gunner is, Frank Furter is, and Dance Floor Demon are. Of course, if you're watching live on Twitch, you have a special job. Go to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. So we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe each and every weekday housekeeping for you there is a banger episode of PSI love you xoxo live right now on youtube.com slash kind of funny games and podcast services we're going through blessings must plays of the year he will not listen to me and janet as we tell him to remove things and then we talk about what makes a great playstation spinoff game thank you today to our patreon producers donovan harkness and blackjack today we're brought to you by credit carmen and freshly and hello fresh but I'll tell you about all of that later. For now, let's begin the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report.
1: <laughs>
0: time for some news. Three items on the Roper Report. Uh,
1: Baker's dozen.
0: And I'll tell you what, these three, they're huge. All right, number one is huge because number one is PlayStation buys Housemark and maybe Bluepoint. Uh, Patricia, what is your history with Housemark as a developer? Have you been playing these games for a long time?
1: uh yeah i mean i haven't played returnal because i've been waiting for i don't know I, I keep hearing that i shouldn't because there's something with the save files and maybe that's been fixed now but um i do know that they have like a history and that they that returnal itself is like a change from a lot of the games that they made up sure yeah they're arcade roots right like yeah yeah i mean to me this seems like a, a I'm not surprised. It it's just seemed so natural. Uh, it seemed like a thing that was definitely going to happen. And if anything, in my head, I kind of already considered them a Sony studio.
0: PlayStation Studio, right? That's that's more of it to me, right? I sh- we should read it first. I'm going to start at the PlayStation blog where the one, the only, Herman Hulse head of PlayStation Studios writes, Today I'm thrilled to welcome a new member to PlayStation Studios family. I've been a fan of Housemark since the studio's early days when they introduced Super HD to PlayStation fans. Housemark's recent release of Returnal proves the studio is one with incredible vision, capable of creating memorable new games that resonate with our community. This addition enhances the creative force of PlayStation Studios, and I cannot wait to see what the future holds for Housemark. Welcome to the family, Housemark. They then pivot to a statement from uh, Iari Kootenen, uh, co-founder and managing director of Housemark. Today is a big day for Housemark, and it has been over 26 years in the making. Our strong partnership with Sony Interactive Entertainment started with Superstardust HD on PS3, and since then, we have made arcade-inspired games for all of the PlayStation platforms. With Returnal for PlayStation 5 being our most recent release, our biggest foray into third-person action gaming solidified our voice and brand in the industry as delivering unique and quality player experiences. We are so excited to finally join the PlayStation Studios family. This gives our studio a clear future and stable opportunity to continue to delivering on gameplay centric approaches while still experimenting with new methods of narrative delivery and pushing the boundaries of this modern art form locally here in Helsinki. This also means we will officially expand the PlayStation family to a growing industry hub and secure the legacy of the oldest game studio in Finland. Finally, what this means for our fans. We at Housemark are our gamers and we have grown from the need to we've grown from the need to perfect and tinker with facets of games that we have found most fascinating. We are also not known for shying away from running our own course and trying our new combinations. With the backing of SIE and its family of studios supporting us, we can truly grow into our place in the industry and show what Housemart can create with no limitations. We can't wait to show everyone what will be in store in the upcoming years, and we hope to usher in more lasting memories and exhilarating titles for the next quarter, century, and beyond. Uh, a press release from playstation then added this uh this is more businessy the day-to-day operations will continue to be run by housemark's current management team in conjunction with playstation studio's external development team terms for this transaction including the acquisition cost, are not disclosed due to contractual commitments you said it best patricia you're you would have already thought of housemark right as a playstation studio and for me you know you called yourself old guard for me more than 14 years covering playstation in the industry right like this was always a conversation on Podcast Beyond back in the day of, oh, who will PlayStation buy next? And it was always Housemark and it was eventually always Blue Point. Because when you look at House right, you're talking about Superstardust HD, Superstardust Portable, Dead Nation. Outland which was the one Ubisoft game that was everywhere but then back to it right of like Superstar Delta uh Rezogun Alien Nation Superstar Ultra VR Next Machina uh Matterfall and then Returnal and you're talking about things that yes were so PlayStation centric but Housemark seems so intent on being independent and being proud of their you know Finnish backing and as they call out here being the oldest uh, Finnish game studio and the you know they they made a documentary about making one of their games like this is a smaller Insomniac uh, acquisition to me, where obviously Insomniac was so well-known and bigger AAA stuff, but Housemark is the same way of being proud to be independent, working so close with PlayStation. It's interesting to see it finally happen here. Mm-hmm.
1: What do you think changed? Because uh, you're highlighting that they seemed very like adamant about being independent. Do uh, you think uh, something specific happened or is it just like, you know, at, at this point, uh, we are kind of associated with one another. Why not actually just make it official?
0: I think it's a few different things, but I would take, I would point us back, Googling as you type talked, right? I would take us back to August 21st, 2017. And if you don't remember this, this is when, out of the blue, what happened? House Mark posted the blog, Arcade is dead. And they call it the end of era, long live arcade, and now for something completely different. And it's a a, a longish letter, but just jumping into it without having read ahead in in a long time, right? For more than 20 years, we've been carrying the torch for arcade, bringing arcade coin-op inspired games to the market with a house mark twist. And I think it's fair to say we've gotten pretty good at it by now. Our games have received great critical reception over the years, perhaps the best example being Next Machina, uh, which we published in June to great critical acclaim, garnering a medical score of 88. Uh, Next Machina is a dream project, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. However, despite critical success and numerous awards, our games just haven't sold in significant numbers. While some of them have reached a massive audience due to free game offerings across various digital sales channels, this unfortunately doesn't help pay for development, which gets costly for high production quality. We are extremely grateful to our fans and partners who have enabled us to work on awesome games like Superstardust, HD, and Outland. For you or I'm sorry, for your unfailing love and support, we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. But now it's time to move move on to new genres. Lackluster sales of Next Machina have led us to thinking that it is time to bring our long-standing commitment to the arcade genre to an end. While this genre will always hold a special place in our hearts, the industry is moving towards multiplayer experiences with strong, robust communities, and it's time for Housemark to move forward in the industry. Hence, Next Machina and Matterfall will be the last of their kind coming out of the studio. Our purposes as a company remain the same, create great games, yada, yada, yada. But this is when they started talking about, yeah, getting into their you know, third-person multiplayer shooter, and everybody's like, oh, like, is that what you want to do? Is that what that wants to do? For me, that was the cry of they had been experimenting so long and making again great i I think it's such an awesome honest post of like listen we understand you love these games and the critics love these games but nobody's buying these games and so we have to games we talk about this all the time patricia uh you know i'm kind of funny and i see articles on Kotaku, right like this is a business (laughs) is my it's this weird melding of art and business patricia but it's so tough right Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i I distinctly remember when that went up i was like kind of struck by how honest it was. Like, I'm definitely not used to, especially like, uh, communications coming from, like, an official studio developer, right? Like, uh, sometimes you will see people tweet a little bit more, like, honestly, because it's their own specific platform, but it seemed fairly, like, vulnerable to me to say, like, hey, this isn't selling, like, we're changing tax, even to just explain it, right? Like, If they had done it without uh, announcing it first, I think anyone who was paying attention could have probably connected those dots. But uh, them actually saying it, I feel like, was, well, literally a statement
0: yeah literally a statement right and so yeah that was their idea and they went all in on storm divers and then what happened is right they pulled up on storm divers and pulled the plug on it we're like we're not doing that anymore and we're gonna move over instead uh to working on returnal and that was because of playstation's money and playstation coming in there and so i think it was uh it was definitely the sales of it leading to them going, all right, cool. If we want to be around, like, especially when you think about the fact that house has been around so long, they've added more and more employees, which means they need to make more and more money on return of their games here. And so you get to a point, yeah, where you go to make this business decision, but maybe your heart's not in it. And that's what I always think. So interest or thought was so interesting in the run up to returnal, where it was this pivot where they're like, arcade is dead, but is it really? And then returnal is such an arcade game where it's like, Sure, it's a roguelike, and you're doing all these different things, and blah, 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 it's third-person shooter, and it's not their traditional, necessarily, Super Stardust look or Dead Nation look, but it is an arcade game. It is about your next run. It is about pumping another quarter in and kidding continue and going off on that, and I think that's why it works so well, but I think that's why it works so well in terms of who they are but in terms of getting it to the audience right it was just the idea that hey we can do this and make it look different and make it look like a premium playstation 5 ex- exclusive experience have it be beautiful have it have all these different dual sense rumble effects and really get people behind it in a way they never got behind something smaller like dead nation or alien nation or some even outland which you know again was the ubisoft published one that went everywhere like I think they had this idea uh, in the community of uh, gamers, right, that they were making smaller games. And I think Returnal shows how big one of their games can be, even if it has a small idea of same run, same run, same run.
1: Mm -hmm. Initially, I was kind of like, well, uh, it's interesting to me how much of success for games out there, especially like non-first party games, is kind of predicated on how they present themselves. Not really... The gameplay itself, although obviously, you know, it needs to be there, but like, you know, uh, as a random example, I'm seeing a lot of different games right now that uh, are kind of trying to take what Animal Crossing and Stardew Valley does. uh, Sure. And the real difference on whether or not someone pays attention is like the graphics and how it presents itself. Although in this case, it also kind of sounds like it's not just. the packaging around it but also like the proposal to make something like that feels a little bit more premium than just like the the thing that you would put a quarter in at the arcade sure
0: it's resources right i think and i think again that's why they're doing this i think you know having uh playstation studios behind returnal having them all right cool here's the money go ahead and invest in this game and make it look better than most of your games make it you know feel better with the controller i think you see that and you see the time and this goes back to you know i feel like i've had this conversation it's groundhog day all the time in the industry the last (laughs) three years right of like every time xbox buys a studio and we have these conversations i always point out of like you know I don't think Tim Schafer got into games because he wanted to manage a studio and worry about paychecks and worry about bottom lines and healthcare and all this stuff, right? So like when you get to that point where you're at, where the business realities start taking away from your artistic vision and, and what you actually want to do, it's the classic thing I, was, I used to talk about at IGN, right? Of like what happened at IGN is that you were really good at your job so you'd get promoted to your boss's job but then you weren't necessarily good at that so that's when they'd start critiquing you and then you'd burn out because you're doing something you don't want to do anymore, so like mm-hmm. to bring in companies like PlayStation to bring in somebody like Xbox and say, cool, we're going to take that off your plate and we'll d- deal with that. You don't have to worry about it anymore. That's the saving grace. Right. So now it is that, you know, house markets to pitch whatever arcade game they want to make and pitch it to PlayStation and Herman and like Herman green lights it. And then you go and make it and you hope it sells. And maybe, you know, your next one doesn't get blah, blah, blah. But it's not worrying like, cool. Am I about to put 200 people out of a job if this game goes mm-hmm. wrong?
1: yeah it's kind of like a double-edged sword right because the more successful they are the more the bar gets higher and higher and it's it's hard you know uh i see so many video games nowadays that like literally sell millions and they're not considered successes because of the resources that it took to make the thing in the first place so i i feel for developers out there like it's it's so hard to break even never mind make a profit and in this case, you know, they clearly figured it out and they had like the right connections to do it. But for every acquisition of, uh, you know, of a studio like that, there are all these other development teams that never never make made it, it. To that stage.
0: Yeah, it's a heartbreaker, right? And I think, in a, you know, you you bring up, you know, making all millions of copies or millions of dollars and it's still not a success. Like, wh- this is a, always a problem we talk about with Square Enix, right? cool hitman is has all this love and behind it and sold these copies tomb raider sold all these copies cool tomb raider underperformed hitman underperformed to the point that we're letting go of io studios and we're giving them the ip because we can't make enough like
1: yeah like companies don't do that they would rather keep ips just like dead than you know give it away
0: Exactly right, and so I mean that's when you're talking about when you get on the scale of a Square Enix. Like, what is the success to them? And it's always the conversation we have of what is the success to these companies. And I think you look at PlayStation and Returnal. Obviously, was a huge success for them. It got you know it, first off, it's one of the few PlayStation Five exclusive exclusive games, uh, and then it got it did critically do so well. And I think it got so many people excited about how it's what comes next. And I think it makes sense for PlayStation to step up and be like, you know what, let's go. We'll fund all the projects from here on out. And we don't want to lose you because it is. It is a bit of a war out there right now in acquisitions, even though Herman Hulse is going to argue that in one second. But before I add that in, I'd rather go over to Twitter. Uh will put this up today on Twitter, pointing this out, Kevin, if you can show it his tweet reads so it was after the house mark stuff happens it gets published but then he tweeted a follow-up dot dot so apparently playstation japan uploaded the wrong image with their first tweet on house marks acquisition and it actually mentions a blue point acquisition i was able to verify this since tweet deck still shows deleted tweets if you're a visual person right now watching on youtube or twitch you see yeah welcome to the family throw back up kev welcome to the family playstation studios and blue point games this is the exact same artwork they had but it said house mark and that's what's on on the playstation blog right now so if you were scrolling through twitter you didn't even catch it maybe but yeah they did this put up the blue point thing uh thus telling us that blue point is about to be purchased as well or it's already been purchased uh another one it's that thing of like oh well of course like I, again for years i feel like we've been saying oh of course we'd so predict that they're gonna buy blue point of course they're gonna buy blue point apparently they're about to and uh that's an interesting one <laughs> how's that feel with you uh patricia
1: that entire situation is kind of hilarious to me i Low key feel for whoever is in trouble right now for accidentally totally. publishing that. And yet, although, you know, on the other hand, it's good news. So hopefully, whoever did that is not in too much trouble.
0: Well, I, you know, the only the only bad news part of it is lucid dream writing into patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says, so how much breather do you think Sony will give the house mark acquisition before officially announcing a blue point acquisition? <laughs> and that's, you know, there's been a long conversation today with on Twitter with me and the audience right of uh, PS. I love you, of course, went live this morning. And of course, obviously, we recorded it yesterday. So it doesn't have any of this stuff. And Video game news is constantly happening. So there's always this thing where like today, everybody's like, oh my God, this always happens to PS. I love you. I see Dornbush say, oh my God, this always happens to Beyond. I see Mike say this. Oh my God, this always happens to x McCaffrey always say it happens uh, to uh, uh, Unlocked. And so like, it's that. this is a great example of for Lucid Dream. How much breathing room do you think? I am literally refreshing their Twitter. Because to me, it would make perfect sense to do Bluepoint in the morning and, or I'm sorry, uh, Housework in the morning, Bluepoint in the afternoon somewhere in there, and have it be one day of big acquisitions, get all these headlines. Patricia, does that make sense to you, or do you have a different prediction on when it's going to happen?
1: I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like acquisitions are usually things that, like, take such a long time. Like, you look at stuff like uh, Bethesda and Xbox, and I feel like sure. when they announced it, or when it came out, there was still, like, a I don't know. At least, am I remembering this correctly? It felt like a few months. Maybe it was just like a few weeks, but there was definitely like a, a gap between when they announced it and when it was actually finalized. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, there was a uh, bunch of get approvals and this, that, and the other. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, it's possible that they have all their ducks in a row and that would definitely make, you know, they would own the day basically because, like, right now there's not a lot of competition for like, big gaming news, so uh, if we do see that later today, I'm not going to be... I mean, we already know what the news is, so of course we're not going to be surprised, but...
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, it's the fact that, like, they gave the assets made and ready that makes me think it was just... It's right there. Like, I... I'm well aware of how tight-lit PlayStation is about things, uh, and I, I'm well aware that they wouldn't give this ammunition out if they weren't getting ready to fire the cannon. So I would think that probably somebody's listening to this at by 5 p.m. tonight uh, Pacific time, and they already know the information. But everything we're just saying, right, you'd be like, oh, man, it's really heating up there. Xbox is buying all these studios. PlayStation's buying all these studios. Clearly, there's an arms race going on. Herman Hulse, uh, president of the PlayStation Studios, says, no, there is not. Uh, he got interviewed by British GQ about uh, this here, Housemark stuff. And this I'm going to join that interview in progress with the question and then Herman's response. There are a lot of companies making acquisitions in gaming at the moment. Microsoft just, just bought Bethesda for $7.5 billion. Facebook has scooped up a lot of developers in the VR space of late. And now Sony is purchasing Housemark. Looking at the industry from the outside, it feels like there is a bit of an arms race. Is that how you see it, Herman? Herman responds, no, not at all. We're very selective about the developers that we bring in. Our last new acquisition was Insomniac for $229 million in 2019, which has worked out very well. I'm always looking for people that have a similar set of values, similar creative ambitions, and work very well with our team that we can further invest in and help grow as creators. It's not like we're going around just making random acquisitions. They're very, very targeted acquisitions of teams that we know well. The amount of collaboration between our external development group and Housemark on the technical side, the production management side, and even on the creative side has been so deep. So for us, it just makes so much sense to do that. Obviously, this is not something that you do overnight. Uh, the team at Housemark have been vi- have been working on this for quite a while, uh, but we obviously didn't want to distract from the core group at Housemark that's been getting working on to get this amazing title out. It is an arms race. <laughs> it, this is, it, I understand what he's saying. I also, under, arms race, I guess makes it, he's interpreting the question of arms race of like, buy every independent developer you see, get him, get him, get him, get him. When in reality, it's who are the best independent developers right now? Let's go get them. Insomniac, obviously being one for them. You want to look at over oh, on the Xbox side, uh, having Double Fine, having uh, uh, Ninja Theory, having Bethesda now, right? Like back to PlayStation, having Housemark, having Blue Point. Like this is very much like when everybody's getting asked to prom in school <laughs> you're like, Oh God, who am I going to, I got to make a move soon.
1: Yeah. It it kind of makes sense to me that they would frame it that way though. I think it was Jason Schreier that wrote this article. Uh, maybe I'm misattributing it about um, kind of the behind the scenes at PlayStation and, and this pressure that everyone feels to like only make very high gloss games that they know will succeed. Yeah. So in that sense, I, I think it makes sense that they would be like, you know, no, we're really thinking about this. Although, you know, on the other hand, uh, to us it might seem like Microsoft is just like buying all this stuff. But you gotta imagine that they're not. They also think about it and know what they're doing. Like, hundred percent. The I don't know the Minecraft acquisition, for example. The fa- they're probably one of the few people that can pull that off and that have the money to do it. Uh, but i doubt that someone just like turned around and was like what what if we own minecraft today
0: you know? why not
1: yeah.
0: no yeah i definitely and i think yeah for sure these are you know calculated moves that people are sitting there looking at and having conversations about but yeah i i, I still think it's an arms race i don't think it's i guess I mean, the gq think- go ahead sorry <laughs>
1: oh yes i agree and i feel like maybe it does maybe he frames it that way because it Microsoft just seems so much more aggressive about it right now, right? Like, uh, it's not just the acquisitions. It's, like, all this other stuff that they're doing with Game Pass, and in that sense, it kind of feels like Sony is moving a little bit more slowly with their moves with PlayStation, kind of staying with the old strategy and such. Um, So it'll be interesting to see. I, like, I kind of want it to be a more active uh, arms race. Like, on the one hand, it's, like, I'm not invested in these companies' success or failures. Like, doesn't really matter to me if this company owns this company, like... But at the same time, like, I gotta imagine that, like, actual competition is only going to lead to better products, right? Like, if they have skin in the game, uh, then they... And if they really want to set themselves apart, uh, then it's... It probably will only produce things that are exciting and interesting for us
0: i always go back to exactly what we started with of talking about you know okay you 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 buy these studios that way they can just worry about making games and they don't have to worry about anything else right and i do think that when you limit and i know exclusives are a different conversation overall if, if, are they good for the industry or they're bad for the industry you know locking gamers out yada, yada yada i'm not taking that tack right now that's a different podcast topic to d- deal with i'm talking about it from the business side and i mm-hmm. think And I never, ever, and I'm not throwing shade, I swear. Well, I kind of am, I guess. But it's more of critiques, right? But I always look at super massive games where Until Dawn is a beloved PlayStation game. Uh, If you dig horror, whatever you want to, however you want to get in there and talk about it. It ran really well. It looked really well. It it, It was really fun as a horror game, right? Then you look at the Dark Pictures Anthology where it didn't get they didn't go exclusive to playstation it was another uh, they're another one if it, next time supermassive uh, if when supermassive pops up and they've been bought i won't be surprised by playstation either right but i think that either supermassive didn't want to get purchased or playstation didn't want to purchase them or maybe it's a company not being aligned kind of thing and when they made that agreement to go with bandai namco to make the dark pictures anthology i think you saw them get spread a bit thin where I, I you know i was not happy with man of medan as a fan of until dawn like i thought it didn't hit in the same story things i didn't think it looked as good i thought it had a whole bunch i had a whole bunch of bugs in mind to the point that when the next one little hope came around right like i didn't even bother playing it yet and now we're on the precipice of getting uh, the next one dark uh ashes right what a uh, yeah i
1: don't know what it's called
0: ashes it's something ashes chat kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong this is what you're here from. I'm looking at you. right <laughs> but it's that thing right of like house of ashes i didn't even look, no, nobody even said it yet snowbank mike's right there now saying it but i saw it before that house of ashes it's like okay cool but you didn't wow me with the first one so my interest has gone down the second one to now it's the third one i'm like well i haven't even played the second one like you look at that where if what if they got bought and it was like cool don't worry about making this game for xbox playstation and pc worry about making this game for playstation worry about making this game for xbox worry about this and why are we trying to get three out so quickly? Let's make one, let's make it longer. Let's, you know, get a better, let's try to make until dawn too. is all I'm saying.
1: Yeah. It's interesting that you frame it that way because I had noticed, obviously they've, they had until dawn, which was, I think an it, it was an unintentional success in some ways, right? Like the way that it took off. uh, I don't think they anticipated. And then Mm -hmm. they tried to replicate it with uh these other games, these other smaller games and such, and have just not been able to do it, even though they are like really trying to capture that same lightning or kind of capture the way that people play these games, right? Like you sit. Yeah. The whole idea is that you sit with your friends and you make choices and 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 stuff like that. Um, but I was wondering, I was I was wondering to myself, like, why is it that Until Dawn was so good, and then they haven't been able to? match that and i just hadn't considered that it was because they were spreading themselves pretty thin and now i am curious like what what they would make if they were just focused on one platform
0: yeah one platform and then not having to worry right in terms of you know hitting all of these different things hitting on all these different platforms having this publisher that doesn't own you right because that's the other thing is you know the it's a publishing agreement it's not an ownership agreement so it is still that You know you are the short order cook trying to get this done for whoever your customer is and i'm sure bandai is like yeah i'd like them quicker (laughs) i'd like them better how do you do all these things they're like oh god we're working on it Mm -hmm. i could just be talking out my ass though of course i just talk about video games and play them i don't make them who knows uh patricia Before I move you to the second story, because we have even more PlayStation news to talk about, I would like to tell everybody about patreon.com slash kind of funny games over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games. You go ask questions. You can, of course, get the show with the post show. We do you get the exclusive shows we do over there. You can be a Patreon producer, get your name read. But most importantly for right now, you could go there to get the show ad free. But guess what, Jack? You didn't. So let me tell you about our sponsors. This episode of Kinda Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Credit Karma. Credit Karma has always been there to help you make better financial decisions, and now they want to help you even more. With a Credit Karma money spend account, you can be rewarded for good money habits. When you use your Credit Karma money debit card, you can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card, and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot, and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Right now, visit creditkarma.com slash money to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash money to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary. Exclusions and terms apply. See rules. Banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated, member FDIC, maximum balance and transfer limits apply. Our next sponsor, ladies and gentlemen, why it's Freshly. Dinner time can be chaotic, but with Freshly, it's easy. Their chefs take care of your meals a few nights a week and take the pressure off of you. Freshly offers chef-made, nutrient-packed, delicious meals delivered fresh to your door. No cooking required. Uh, Your meals arrive cooked and fresh every week, so you can keep your fridge stocked and skip the trip to the store. Ordering is easy. Visit Freshly.com and choose from over 30 delicious, satisfying, better-for-you meals like steak peppercorn, sausage-baked penne, or... Thank mm-hmm. you chicken pesto bowls. Ladies and gentlemen, my father's birthday just came and went and guess what I got him? A subscription to Freshly. Each and every week I go in and pick the six meals that'll be delivered to his door and he loves them. They're easy. He doesn't have to think. He just gets to come home, pop the food in and have a good night. Right now, Freshly is offering our listeners $40 off their first two orders when you go to Freshly.com games. Stop stressing about dinner. Go to Freshly.com games for $40 off your first two orders. That's Freshly.com games for $40 off your first two orders. And our final sponsor of the day is HelloFresh. HelloFresh cuts out stressful meal planning and grocery store trips so you can enjoy cooking and get dinner on the table in about 30 minutes. Try HelloFresh's quick and easy meals, 15 to 20-minute dinners, breakfast on the go, and more easy options uh, that are perfect for your lifestyle. Of course, you know I love to cook, and one of the things that got me cooking, of course, was programs like this. You don't have to worry about going to the store. Everything comes to you. You make the meals you want. You learn some new cooking techniques. Ladies and gentlemen, you can go to HelloFresh.com Slash KFGD14 and use the code KFGD14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash KFGD14 and you can get 14 free meals plus free shipping. Uh, HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Live. Hey everybody, let's do another story. All right, number two on the Roper report is the ghost. Of Tsushima, director's cut has been raided. This is Tom Ivan over at VGC. The Entertainment Software Rating Board, a.k.a. the ESRB, has classified Ghost of Tsushima Director's Cut. While a new version of Sucker Punch Productions' PlayStation 4 exclusive game has yet to be announced, the ESRB has rated the Director's Cut for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. Released in July 2020, Ghost of Tsushima centers around samurai Sakai, the last surviving member of his clan, who must wage war against invading Mongols and free the island of Tsushima. Uh, The open world action title sold through some 2.4 million copies globally in its first three days of sales, which marked a new record for an original IP launch for publisher Sony. In March, Sony announced it had greenlit a live-action movie adaptation of Ghost of Tsushima, uh, helmed by the John Wick director. Uh, At the time, Sucker Punch claimed Ghost of Tsushima sales had topped 6.5 million units. Ghost of Tsushima added an online cooperative multiplayer mode last October, and ahead of the PlayStation 5's launch in November, Sucker Punch confirmed the game would utilize the next-gen console's Game Boost feature to support frame rates of up to 60 frames per second when played via backwards compatibility. Death Stranding Director's Cut, a new PlayStation 5 version of Kojima's production PS4 Death Stranding game, was announced earlier this month. Patricia, it's all coming together. We've been hearing about this Ghost of Tsushima spinoff, uh, Go- Ghost of Ikishima, right? There was going to be a standalone. It was going to be this thing like Miles Morales. Everybody's like, what does that actually mean? Now the Director's Cut is being added into it. Is it all starting to make sense to you?
1: Yeah, it's interesting to think about like in the context of... Games re-release all the time, right? They don't yeah. usually call themselves director's cut. Uh, and I think the fact that they're doing that kind of, again, reflects that ambition to give you kind of like a high-gloss thing, right? Like, of course Kojima is going to name it a director's cut. I feel like he's kind of tied with, I think, in some ways, he makes very cinematic games, right? Uh, but yeah, no, this doesn't surprise me uh it, it seems like the logical next step uh to give people more of a game that they love like the it, it did well
0: well yeah and that's the thing is it's also a great way to double dip and get you to buy it again right this is i for me very much like spider-man uh 2018 being remastered right and being part of the miles bundle and i know that's a bit in reverse but my assumption here right is the fact that all right cool director's cut will have uh the ghost of ikashima in there why no one ever calls me and usually when they do it's muted but i was getting the delivery today and all hell's breaking loose over here don't they know it's games daily day get out of here i don't have time for this right now uh i have a question though from connor that kind of gets all of this put together connor Kill Murray writes into patreon.com slash kind of funny games just like you can and says, Hey there, KFGD crew. With the director's cut for Ghost of Tsushima all but confirmed, do you think this means the spin off Ghost of Ikashima is a given at this point? Or is it just DLC that'll be bundled with the director's cut? Also, is labeling upgraded versions of PlayStation games director's cut the new standard? It kind of fits the prestige branding of their exclusives, but also seems weird when greatest hits is also a thing. Thanks for the insight and Game Daily. So, working backwards, no, I don't think director's cut is is replacing greatest hits because greatest hits is when the game is sold for a cheaper price. Director's cut is when we are adding more content into it, and we will probably sell it to you for seventy dollars. I think that's the way you go with that. And then, yeah, I think the what does this mean for Igashima is I think that Igashima is bundled with it. I think this is the new hotness that's part of it. And again, The way it's been described in the run-up to it was that Ikashima was going to be a a standalone expansion, right? Uh, I would imagine that this just bundles them all together for a cheaper price, but you could probably still buy the Ikashima stuff if you wanted. Does that sound on the money, Patricia?
1: Yeah, I mean, they got to give you a good value proposition, right? So I do fully expect something kind of similar to the Spider-Man situation where you get something new if even if you've already played it Uh, like there's something enticing enough there to for you to want to spend a whole game's worth again on a thing that you probably already played
0: and that's the thing is that you know now we wait with bated breath for this to officially be confirmed to officially confirm what Ikushima is and then also yeah talk about what the pricing is you know is ikashima its own thing uh do you get this if you already own playstation 4 uh ghost i would imagine no since this is director's cut which probably sounds like they're putting new stuff into it maybe it's you know but then i guess final fantasy integrated that though didn't it then it's it's confusing nowadays you know what i mean yeah, they can't make it simple
1: games release now yeah it's so yeah. complicated like you need to read explainers sometimes as how to get like your save file across things or how to upgrade your game from the last version to this new version.
0: We all laughed at smart delivery. Now who's laughing? Still PlayStation, but everybody's laughing a little bit more at us. Uh, anyways, though, let's go on to story number three on the Roper report. This is that X Cloud is on iOS. It's everywhere, and it's all using the Xbox Series X now. Uh, this is an Xbox post over on the Xbox blog. At Xbox, our mission is simple: bring the joy of and, I'm sorry, bring the joy and community of gaming to everyone on the planet. To achieve that, we aspire to empower everyone to play the games you want with the people you want anywhere you want. Starting today, Xbox Cloud Gaming is available to all Xbox Game Pass Ultimate members with Windows 10s PCs and Apple's. Man, I'm just can't. I'm talking like a grandma. Apple phones and tablets via browser across 22 countries. If you're a member or want to become a member, simply go to xbox.com/play on Microsoft Edge, Chrome, or Safari on your PC or mobile device to start playing hundreds of games from the Xbox Game Pass library. We're also making significant improvements to the overall experience. Xbox Cloud Gaming is now powered by custom Xbox Series X hardware. We've been upgrading Microsoft data centers around the globe with the fastest, most powerful Xbox hardware to give you faster load times, improved frame rates, and an experience of a new generation and an experience of a new generation of gaming. To ensure the lowest latency, highest quality experience across the broad set, broadest set of devices, we will be streaming at 1080p and up to 60 frames per second. Going forward, we'll continue to innovate and add more features to enhance your cloud gaming experience. Patricia, are you here to speak uh, the Bible truth? Uh, are you here to preach the gospel of Xbox Game Pass Ultimate and now X Cloud and game streaming and all that jazz? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, mostly it's just fascinating to me because I know it was like a struggle for them to get it on iOS, right? Like there was that whole fight with apple about like uh, them not wanting it because they need to approve every game and you can't and
0: that's it. the thing remember that that still exists this isn't a native app this is the workaround of going through your browser oh, on your apple no. so that's, that's how they get around this and no. that's
1: that's oh, their whole right.
0: workaround to it but it still took a lot of work to get that even going
1: it's right for
0: them. right
1: yeah i mean uh, f- i think a f- day or two before e3 kicked off um uh, microsoft did this whole uh Presentation or like release about how they wanted to move beyond consoles and how they want to be embedded in TVs and stuff like that. So, this seems like the first logical step to achieving like a console less uh, vision. Uh, do I think we are quite at the stage in which uh, this is like the thing that everyone's going to use? Probably not. You know, like uh, of e- even now, even now that we have so many like online, uh, games that require online connections, like, uh, it's hard, like, a lot of ISPs throttle your uh, internet speeds and and stuff like that. And people have uh, limited uh, bandwidth and such. So uh, I'm glad that the technology exists. And I'm excited to use it. I think it might be a while before, like, we really see this whole plan for, like, world domination to, like, really unfold.
0: Yeah, it's funny, you know, you talked about it being, you know, this first step, and I think it's the latest step in terms of how they've been doing this for so long and talking about this and moving on this track. And so it's awesome to see this be successful, right? Yeah, I'm look, I had to scroll back through some of my DMs. But October eighteenth, 2018, right, is when that was the week that they announced Project xCloud, right? And I remember being so blown away by it and thinking it was so cool of an idea, right? Again, I, I, Love the idea of a streaming future. I'm with you, of course, that internet sucks. You know, we were joking before you started uh, this, like you have potato quality internet where if it rains, you can't even use it, right? Like that's the reality for so many Americans in terms of like, man, we are just not there in terms of infrastructure. But out here in SF, like we are, and you have that ability and you have that uh, thing. And so to think of when I would remote play You know my PlayStation with my Vita, or you know now to be here and like talking about like the fact that you know we were doing a a stream last week for Sea of Thieves on Wednesday, and it was me and Mike, and we were egging Kevin into joining us. He's like, I can't. The Xbox is downstairs. We're like, use the cloud. Use the cloud. He did it. He jumped in, and he was with us within what Kevin? That took like five minutes. Like you were there playing with us.
1: Yeah, it was so quick. The only thing that took a minute was to figure out what app I'm supposed to use, but everything else was just like instant wild
0: and so like that's like such a powerful thing and again as we keep talking about you know games and i think that this console race is going to be so much different this time around because it is this idea of like and any, I saw somebody go through in the chat here that say they just upgraded the Game Pass Ultimate for a buck, right? Like, as you keep going to these things, eventually, you know, even if you want to be the biggest PlayStation fanboy and you want to sit here and be like, Xbox has got no games, which is not true. Xbox, blah blah, blah this sucks, sucks, suck. suck, suck and you eventually you're gonna get to the point where there's going to be an Xbox game that speaks to you, and it's going to be on Xbox Game Pass, and you're gonna be like, well, I'll just try it. And hopefully, you have the streaming, you know, quality. And hopefully, by the time you get there, it's even better than it already is. And you really have to start questioning like how many more dominoes will fall for that for people who you know for years have told me that I when I review a game i'm too lenient because I don't know the value of sixty dollars anymore. Well, now do you know the value of fifteen dollars <laughs> one dollar a month or whatever the the promotion they're running at that time is going to be
1: yeah, I really want to give them props here because uh before in the previous console generation, almost always it wasn't even a question what platform I was going to buy something that was uh, multi-platform and that was for my PS4. And like now anytime, uh, I'm considering a game that is on multiple platforms, chances are pretty good that I'm going to use, use Xbox. And it's just because Xbox game pass, right? Like I I'm logging into that and using it all the time. And I going back and forth between the, the consoles isn't quite as appealing, but it's interesting that they managed to change that habit. And it's all because they've been super aggressive about both the pricing and the technology. Like I am excited to, to be able to play Xbox games from my bed, you know,
0: yeah oh totally yeah yeah and you have dr- jump in for smaller things and like you know the i saw imran i think it was last night i might be misattributing that too but i'm pretty sure it was imran, talking about how he was surprised that he didn't expect it to when to get in there and have his cloud his save already pulled up from his console and stuff like the xbox ecosystem from a technical level is so impressive when you think of like how you know playstation saves moving them around and all these complicated things like they're doing it on a different level I'm very excited for where this is going to go, and I think it's really cool, of course, that they have uh, uh, Xbox Series X now hardware running it too, so you can get the best experience possible out of it, but we'll continue to watch that. Uh, Believe it or not, I told you three items on the Roper Report as we went live. There's now a fourth. Breaking news. No, Sony has not confirmed Blue Point. That is not the breaking news. Instead, Casey Hudson, you might remember, of course, from BioWare, uh, of course, big on the Mass Effect series, all that stuff, has announced a new studio over on Twitter, we have three tweets. I've been working with some colleagues on something awesome, and I wish I could tell you all about it. And I wish I could tell you all about it. For now, though, I can only say this: Today, we are announcing a new independent video game company built to unleash the creative freedom of developers, bringing innovation and art art artistry to players through an all new IP. We are Humanoid Studios. This is the first tiny step in our journey, and we hope you'll come along with us on the adventure. And the links to, yeah, HumanoidStudios.com here. Founded by Casey Hudson and talented developers from around the world, we combine excellence in the arts with advanced sciences to deliver the future of interactive entertainment. We believe in hiring great people, empowering them with the best tools and a supportive environment, and providing them with creative freedom to do their best work. We are building something special, and we invite you to join us. Then it lists uh, jobs... Various jobs here. Gameplay programmer, operations, creative director, 3D artist. So if you were looking for a job, humanoidstudios.com right there. Congratulations to Casey Hudson and the team.
1: That is wild because I feel like it almost feels like yesterday, although it was not yesterday that they brought him back to try to, you know, get Mass Effect. By they, I mean Bioware brought him back to try to get Mass Effect back on the radar, but now he's doing his own thing. And I feel like we're seeing that more and more with kind of like marquee game developers uh, trying to strike it out on their own versus uh, working for these uh, bigger developers
0: yeah well i mean because i think it comes down to the parent company every time right it's back to what we're talking about if you're a developer and you have an artistic vision and big publisher x who owns you goes yeah it sounds like a cool game but it's not going to ship through six million copies so can you instead do something like this and that's where you're seeing or and i shouldn't even that's where you saw as we were talking about the house mark this let's do multiplayer games let's do let's do games as service that seems huge let's go out and do that anthem and you know what i mean that's what the problem so Good good on you, Casey. Go get them. I personally can't wait to see what Humanoid Studios is up to, Patricia. But that's so far away. If I wanted something more immediate, say what came to the mom and grop shops, where would I go?
1: Oh, no. My phone is ringing also. Um, right. The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform is listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday.
0: Yeah. yeah. Out today, zombies ate my neighbors and ghoul patrol on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, Wonder Boy. Asha in Monster World, PC. Curved Space on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, and PC. Sky, Children of Light on Switch. Doom Eternal on PS5, Xbox Series X slash uh, S. Disgaea 6, uh, Defiance of Destiny on Switch. Uh, Oni Reich on Xbox One, Switch, PC, and Mac. Destroy all humans on Switch. And then there's a free anniversary update for Risk of Rain 2 available on Xbox One and PlayStation 4. Uh, of course, Xbox uh, Series X/S and PlayStation 5 owners can enjoy the update through their system's backwards compatibility. And players on Nintendo Switch can anticipate the update soon. Speaking of soon, new dates for you. Paint the Town Red comes to PC, Xbox Series X, PlayStation 5, and Switch July 29th. And then Synth Riders is coming to PlayStation VR on July 27th. If that wasn't enough for you, I got deals of the day for you. Uh, from now through July 8th, you can get Dying Light, including the recently released Platinum Edition, for up to 75% off in the Steam summer sale. And then Xbox announces games with gold for the upcoming month. You can get Planet Alpha for free July 1st through the 31st. Rock of Ages 3, Make and Break July 16th through August 15th. Conquer, live and reloaded. There you go, Snowbike Mike. Conquer. Live and Reloaded, uh, July 1st through the 15th, and then Midway Arcade Origins, July 16th through the 31st. Patricia, believe it or not, we ask people watching live to go to twitch.com slash games, watch us live, then go to YouTube. No, then go kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up. We didn't screw anything up today. It's a clean record. That's a perfect game, Patricia.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. I'll tell you what, I...
0: you should just retire on that. You're welcome back anytime you've done great today. Retire on that. It doesn't happen often. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of us. We did it. We got out of here. No big deal. I, I'll take it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, of course, uh, that's about the end of this show of Kind of Funny Games Daily. Remember, of course, each and every weekday, there's a brand new episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily. You can get it on patreon.com slash Games, where you get it ad free. You get it with the post show. You get a bunch of other bonuses, exclusive shows, your name read on shows, all sorts of cool stuff. You can even get posters and whatnot, all the stuff you find out at funnycom slash Plat. However, if you have no bucks to tossed away, it's no big deal. You can always watch live on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, youtube.com slash kind of funny games, roosterteeth.com slash kind of funny games. And of course, you could get it on podcast services around the globe. Uh, however, if you got on any of those free platforms, you wouldn't get the post show Patricia and I are about to do uh, Patricia uh, for people who aren't coming with us. Where can they keep up with you?
1: I am on, well, Kotaku.com, obviously, uh, and I'm also on Twitter, Uh, my username is xPatriciaH, so yeah, Uh, come, come follow me on Twitter where I tweet about keyboards.
0: <laughs> uh, of course ladies and gentlemen there will be another kind of funny games daily for you tomorrow it'll be blessing and andy then it'll be me and tim on thursday then wednesday or no friday i'll close out with blessing and tim right now we have that post to do patreon.com slash kind of funny games here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games if you're watching live you're gonna get a stream with mike uh nick and andy they're gonna be playing valorant and apex legends so until next time it's been our pleasure to serve you
1: right. <laughs>